Good morning and happy Easter, everyone. Jesus is alive. Easter is certainly a happy day. It's a day where we celebrate life, Jesus' new life, and our new life in Him. And that's why we have a number of traditions. Uh, We exchange Easter eggs because eggs signify or symbolize life. That's why we wear bright colors. Many of you have bright colors on to be lively. And that's why our slide is so pink, so lively. Easter is about life, and life is joyous. But having said that, I will have you know that the first Easter was certainly not a happy day. In fact, the Bible tells us the story of the first Easter four different times, and in all four times, the first Easter was not a happy day, but rather it was a fearful day. When Jesus rose again from the dead, that first day, everyone was afraid. Everyone was scared. Now, there are a number of reasons why people were afraid. First, on the most basic level, people were afraid because a dead person rose again from the dead. Okay? If I, let me ask you, if someone you know who died, was buried, but then rose again from the dead, you wouldn't jump for joy. You would be scared. Even if that person was someone you loved, someone whom you missed dearly, if that person rose from the dead after he or she was buried, you would be afraid. You would be afraid to even go near that person, even if that person was a loved one. It's the same thing on the first Easter. Mark 16, 8 says this, when they went out, they fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Now, I know that sometimes we tend to think that the people in the Bible are unscientific, that they are foolish, that they believe in all sorts of myths and the supernatural. But even so, the people of the Bible, the ancients, did not believe that someone can come back from the dead. The women at their tomb, they are there not to see a living person, but they are there to see a corpse, a dead person. They brought spices along with them, not to cook Jesus' chicken and rice, but they brought spices so that they can wrap his body, anointed, so that his corpse would not smell. Friends, I want you to know that there was never a time in history, there was never a time in history when a people group believed that the dead could rise again. No one ever believed such a thing. No matter how superstitious they may be, no matter how unscientific they may have been, no one believed that someone who died physically could come back from the dead. I mean, even children, even children in all of their innocence, Children, in all of their naivete, once a child is old enough to understand death, he or she will know that coming back from the dead is impossible. I don't know if you ever explained the resurrection to your children before, 
I have, I think it was last year or a few years ago, I actually sat them down and told them the story of Easter and how Jesus came back from the dead. And this was, they understood death. And so when I explained the resurrection, the first thing they said was, is it true? Well, actually, the first thing is, first thing they said was, are you finished? Are you done? They wanted to leave. But then the next question was, are you, is this true? Is it possible? How is it possible that someone can come back from the dead? So, the first Easter, people were afraid because someone who was once dead came back to life. That is a fearful, fearful thing. Now, it moves from this initial fear, from this initial fear from shock, and it goes deeper into a, uh, a deeper level of fear. Okay? The people, once they get past the shock factor, the people then enter into a deeper level of fear. They enter into a fear because they understood now their lives were in danger. For instance, the Roman guards who were keeping watch of Jesus, they were afraid because on their watch, Jesus rose again, and they did not know where he went. The one who ordered the execution, Pontius Pilate, he was afraid for the obvious reason. He thought that Jesus is going to come back and come after him, you know, John Wick style. He's coming back for me. But most importantly, Jesus' close friends, Jesus' disciples, they were afraid because they knew now their lives were in danger. The woman at the cross, the woman at the tomb, Jesus' disciples, they were afraid because whose doors do you think the soldiers will now come knocking on. See, on the first Easter, Jesus' disciples were crippled with fear because the resurrection meant that they were now enemies to the world and their lives were now in danger. So we find fear is pervasive all throughout the first Easter. It starts from an initial fear with shock, someone rising again from the dead. It transitions to a fear of people, fear due to potential threat that my life is now in danger. And from there, it hits a deeper level of fear. It hits what I call an existential fear. After they got past this idea that their lives were in danger, they become fearful again because it kicks in. If Jesus really did rise again from the dead, everything he said is true, and that changes everything. The resurrection changes everything. If Jesus really did rise again from the dead, nothing can stay the same. Everything has to change, and that is a fearful proposition. I know people always talk about change. Change, change, change. We want change, we want change. We want to see change in our government. We want to see change in politics. We want to see change in our communities, in our churches, in our schools, in our workplace. But the truth is, people are deeply afraid of change. You know how I know? Because the one person they have control over to change themselves 
they never do because people are afraid of change. Imagine if everything now has to change because Jesus rose again from the dead. Because Jesus rose again from the dead, everything is now different. Your value system, your worldview, your philosophy in life, your entire thought process, your lifestyle, your goals in life, your ambitions, everything gets flipped upside down because of the resurrection. And if that happened, you would be afraid. And that's precisely what's going on in the resurrection on the first Easter. You know, in the aftermath of the first Easter, when the disciples, when they are faced with this reality that Jesus did rise again, they start to wrestle with this existential fear. What does this now all mean? If Jesus rose again, what does this mean now? Do you know how the disciples first dealt with their fear? The easiest way. What's the easiest way to deal with your fears? Pretend like it never happened. That's what the disciples did. They went back to their original lives. They took up their old occupation. They went back to their old villages. You see, because if Jesus was just a religious leader, fine, you can adjust, you can follow him, but if Jesus rose again from the dead, that changes everything, and his disciples could not deal with that. But we find Jesus, after his resurrection, as his disciples are crippled with fear, Jesus goes and he continues to pursue them in their fear. He goes to the Sea of Galilee and he meets them. He meets them on the road to Emmaus. He meets them for 50 days in various times and in various locations. And there he continues to talk to them and he opens up their minds to understand that all of this was not a coincidence. He touches their hearts so that they would burn and feel his love, and he reveals to them that though the resurrection means everything changes, he teaches them that everything changes for the better. Do you know what the resurrection proves? The resurrection proves that Jesus' death was not in vain. The resurrection means that his sacrifice for the sins of the world was good and accepted. It was a completed transaction. The resurrection means that God justified his son. He vindicated him. And by raising him, he said, yes, the work is done. It is complete. It is once and for all. The sins of the world have been atoned for. The resurrection means that Jesus has reconciled us to God. The resurrection means that sin is now powerless. The resurrection means that death no longer has the final say. Friends, the resurrection means that this world as we now see it and know it is not the end. 
The resurrection means that Jesus has ushered in the kingdom of God. The resurrection means that it is now possible for us to be born again, to become a new creation. The resurrection means that death is no longer our master. Friends, the resurrection changes everything. It flips our world inside out. And what started out as fear, once the disciples understood this, that Jesus' resurrection, though it changed everything, it meant it changed everything for the better. The fear that they were grippled with, the fear that they were gripped with, that fear changed into fearlessness. That fear changed into joy. Remember uh, a few years back, there was that Disney Pixar movie, Inside Out? Do you remember this movie, children? Do you remember this? Yes, 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 yes. This is one of my favorite, favorite Pixar movies. This is a, a genius, genius movie. For those of you who remember, this movie was about these emotions, these five emotions that lived inside this one girl. Her name was Riley. And the story begins with uh, the one all the way to your uh, far left, Joy. She's controlling uh, this young child. She is the number one emotion. She makes sure that Riley is always, always happy. She makes sure that Riley is always, always positive. But then as the child grows older and older, she starts to face uh, different emotions. Anger because of her parents. Uh, she starts to feel face sadness because of things going on in her life. She also faces fear. Joy, she is this, uh, you know, type A, over-controlling emotion. She wants to make sure that Riley is never at a point unhappy. But as the story progresses, Joy, she loses control of Riley, but then she realizes as the story goes on that Riley's happiness, that Riley's full joy is expressed when it's actually coupled, when joy is actually coupled with sadness and with fear. That to achieve a deeper form of joy, Riley has to first go through sadness and fear. Friends, this is what's going on on the first Easter Sunday. When Jesus rises again from the dead, the disciples are not jumping for joy, saying, yes, Jesus is alive. But they are fearful. They are hiding. They are thinking, this changes everything, and I cannot deal with that. But once they face their fears, and once Jesus continues to reveal himself to them, saying, this means everything changes, that's when they overcome their fears and they go from fear to fearlessness to complete joy. Friends, let me just say this, church. You know, I, I don't know every one of you. I see a number of new faces here worshiping with us. Usually Easter and Christmas are the two holidays where everyone shows up to church. I'm not sure if you believe in the resurrection. And even if you do, I'm not sure if the resurrection has rocked your world. I'm not sure if the resurrection has turned your world upside down. 
I'm not sure if the first emotion to the resurrected Christ was, what does this mean for my life now? I'm not sure if the resurrection led you first to fear. But I can say this confidently. If it hasn't, if the resurrection has not turned your world upside down, you haven't quite understood what the resurrection means. If you haven't died to your old self with Christ and rose again with him, the resurrection means absolutely nothing. There was fear the first Easter because the resurrection changes everything. Not just some things, but it changes everything. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. He says this, If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we will die. This is the motto of the world. This is how people who do not believe in the resurrection live. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we will die. I don't know if many of you live by this motto. Let's eat and drink, because tomorrow we're going to be dead anyway. But Paul says this, because the dead are raised, this is the new slogan. This is the new model we are to live for. 2 Corinthians 5.15, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. This is how the resurrection changes everything. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we're going to die to now let us live for him who died for us and who raised us. If Jesus did rise again, what does that mean for you? How does that change you? See, Jesus is not some figure in history who just miraculously rose and we're just celebrating a miraculous resurrection. Now, Jesus' resurrection means everything changes. This world is flipped upside down. It moves us from fear to faith, from fear to joy. Let me conclude with just a final word to our church. You know, this past year has uh, been a year marked by death. There are a number of people here in this congregation who have lost loved ones recently in this past year. We had a mother in our congregation who went from diagnosis of a disease to death in about a month. She passed away suddenly. We had another older grandmother who lived a full life one in Korea and also here in the States. She lived a full life and she passed. One of our missionaries who was in the Middle East for close to 20 years, he had to come back to the States suddenly because his father grew sick. He, he went to three or four different hospitals. They could not find out what was wrong with him. And so he passed. A brother in our congregation whose father passed away not too long ago, he told me recently, without thinking, while driving, he just pulled into his father's old nursing home. It was sort of a habit for him to stop by. But when he got into the parking lot, there in his car he realized his father had passed away over a month ago. For those of you dealing with the death of a loved one more recently, for those of you spending your first Easter or maybe your second Easter 
without your loved ones. And you feel as though death came too soon. And death did not give you enough time. Friends, the resurrection means that death does not have the final say. The resurrection means that death is not the end. So rejoice. And for all of our church members here, the resurrection means that sin is no longer your master. The resurrection means there is no guilt in this world that can ever overcome you. The resurrection means we have life and life eternal here and now. The resurrection changes everything where we go for let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die to now let us now live for the one who loved us and gave himself for us. Friends, the resurrection means this is not the end. The resurrection is our victory. So let us celebrate that today, tomorrow, and until the day he returns. Let's pray.